discovered our quality talk shows, it's time to spread the word to friends, family, and the universe. 24 hours of music and talk. Radio without limits. That's why people keep coming back for more. That's UBNRadio.com. Ladies and gentlemen, it is raining in Los Angeles. What? <laughs> there is water coming from the sky. It is a miracle. So here we are on a fabulous day. Tech trends impacting your business. Lori Schwartz here, your local tech cat, bringing you another hour of tech trend talk. And I have with us today the fabulous Eric Thompson, who I'm calling the branded content fellow. And that's because Eric is the founder and lead consultant at B2A Advisors, where he works with partners and clients focused on everything from product and platform development in the media and entertainment space to original programming to distribution. Seriously, he doesn't. there's not much this guy doesn't do, but he's really someone that came from many years of working at Intel. And I met him when he was at Xbox, and so he's really been um, one of those... Um, you know, futurist who's looking at how brands navigate all these new platforms and entertainment. And so, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, the fabulous Eric Thompson. Let's have a real Los Angeles as it goes. Ladies, ladies, calm down. Everybody calm down. <laughs> There's a lot of underwear being thrown again. Whenever we have, you know, smart, smart, attractive men, there's always underwear being thrown. I don't know what it's about. How are you doing today, Eric? I am well, Lori. Thank you for that rousing introduction. That, um, that That's right up there with some of the best intros I've ever received. So thanks for that. <laughs> well, your family called me and they told me what to say. <laughs> yeah, they knew I needed it. So they, thank you. <laughs> they did, exactly. Where are you? Where are you calling us from today? I'm just outside Seattle, Washington in lovely, sunny Kirkland. I'm staring out my window here and um, and looking at the blue sky, which is gorgeous. I think I brought it up with me from L.A. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, Eric and I just returned from a, a conference uh, this this last couple of days in Palos Verdes, where uh, we were at this Terranea resort, which was insanely beautiful and insanely expensive. But we were at a conference where Eric presented a branded entertainment case study. Um, some work he's doing with Microsoft. So I thought, um, and a really interesting um, blending a brand mm -hmm. with content right now and lots of different ways to do it. So I thought, Eric, maybe you could tell us a little bit about what you're doing at, at B2A and, and just how you're navigating this crazy, wacky space. Yeah, I mean, I think um, it, it's kind of an interesting time and, and you know as well as anyone um, just how, how crazy it is in the world of, of branded video content specifically. Um, you know, where there's just there's so many brands out there that are struggling to articulate not just their brand value, but really how uh, the vision of their brand really resonates and connects with audiences and audience aspiration. And there's really, you know, not there really aren't that many tools out there that do it better than video in terms of really compressing messages, really um, concentrating uh, messages and themes and images into and codifying it in a way that, that audiences can really wrap their heads around because we're just sort of instinctually and intuitively codifying. attuned. I love, you know? I love that word codifying, by the way. Uh, I think we need a sound effect. <laughs> codify. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Eric. I mean, we all, sort of, we all sort of get video. You know, most of us were raised watching television for better or for worse, and uh, we kind of get the medium. And, and the, um, I was with someone over the last week who said that video does, you know, like 5X more heavy lifting in terms of messaging than just, you know, just a standard uh, presentation or, or talking or audio. So really, you know, being able to bring audio and video and then and then augment that with 
technology enablement, you know, whether that's interactive, whether that's through social extensions, whether that's through other forms of, of, of audience engagement. I mean, that's really where brands want to be playing. They're all experimenting. They all have, you know, ever increasing branding budgets that are really um, aligned to trying to excavate and figure out how to do that work, that heavy lifting. And in my world, you know, at B2A, and I've been really fortunate to, to be involved with some really great people and some great uh, products over over the course of my career. And, I, you know, I, I'm just sort of taking all of those experiences and all those relationships and kind of putting them to work um, in the form of this this branded content, you know, conversation. So let me, let me ask you a couple of questions. <laughs> um, but every time that you say codify today, today you're going to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> that's sort of like the duck awesome. falling down in gradual marks but um because <laughs> when i met you you were at xbox and you were really yeah. championing branded content there so at b2a advisors you're working with a lot of different brands and companies right so you're, you're kind of consulting to a few different varieties of folks what what's the difference between say branded entertainment and then just putting a bumper in front of a video on youtube i mean is it is that integration the real difference here or what, what is your definition of branded entertainment right now yeah i suppose in the example you just gave <clears throat> which is something that happens you see it um is, is there's it's not really a thoughtfully integrated um you know brand and content uh conversation it's you know putting a, you know putting a logo or putting a bumper or or being associated via proximity to something cool is nice and there are lots of brands that like that proximity and there's and there's cachet too if it's the right kind of stuff like the super bowl um, you know, there's good things that you, you can be associated with that I think could, that can lift your brand. Um, but in terms of the storytelling component, which is really what I think the branded piece is, um, there's some showing involved. So it's not just telling, uh, not telling me to consider your product. It's not just telling me that you're cool because you're associated with something cool. It's really showing me how your brand or how your product or your service, or your value prop, um, really translates into something that that uh, aligns with my core values as a consumer and wants me to be part of that experience and helps me think expansively and aspirationally about being a part of that. So, so it's really uh, the story. So to codify <laughs> what, you, what, you just, what you just said, um, <laughs> this is really about <laughs> taking a brand and its attributes and using video content to communicate that in an engaging way. And one of the things that we kn we know right now is over the last two weeks, there's been the new fronts in New York. Um, yes. we're, we're in May now, and you've had all these digital platforms like Hulu and Yahoo and AOL. And now I think 13 to 14 new companies, more than last year, have gone to New York to present their wares to the advertisers. And these are all digital platforms who are crafting original shows and creating advertiser opportunities. And some of the advertiser opportunities are just sponsoring the content literally by having pre-rolls, sure. post-rolls, or surrounding mm -hmm. it. But some of them are what you're talking about, which is sitting down with the brand at the table with the content creators and creating something something together. And I know you're doing a lot of work with a fabulous company in Seattle called uh, Mighty Media Studios. Can you tell us about what, what you're doing there? Because I think that's really fascinating. Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, Mighty is a, a really interesting uh, example of of a, of a company that gets it, at least as far as corporate storytelling is concerned. And they've been fortunate to have been partners now with Microsoft uh, in some form or another for you know the last ten years. And so they really understand Microsoft DNA, and they also understand the way and the role that technology plays in Microsoft storytelling. Um, and I think 
the the example, the case study that we shared down at the iMedia conference earlier in the week really um, codifies that. Woo! Um, <laughs> nice, nice one, nice one. The uh, you know Modern Workplace is a program that Office 365 commissioned that um, is, is really designed to do everything except talk about Office 365. It's really all about um, trying to take business storytelling, um, innovators, thought leaders, people who are re-envisioning the workplace, hot topics like cybersecurity and privacy, um, issues like um, like like te- technology enabling uh, enabling content and communication networking all around the world, and really taking those topics and themes and and really digging through them and finding ways to expand the conversation. Um, and what they've done is they've really helped Microsoft via this 365 component, but also through a whole range of, of work that they do with Microsoft. They've really helped Microsoft for the last 18 months um, reposition itself, both internally and externally in that conversation, where you know before it used to be about Windows and our platforms and our devices and our service and everything was this kind of this closed, uh, this closed ecosystem con- conversation. And that was really what was Microsoft was, was known for uh, in a lot of circles. I think now you see this openness, uh, this expansiveness, the sense of, um, you know, and particularly Office 365 really becoming a platform that lives across devices. You know, it's really about services in the cloud and devices. And since um, their new CTO, Satya Nadella, took over, I think the conversation, the tone, um, the um, the effectiveness of w- with which they've reached out to the developer communities, really excited developers. I see all that starting to really change. And, and what Mighty's been able to do is sort of capture that lightning in a bottle and translate that into products, video product, that does the work of telling that story without having to tell the story. It shows, so it shows smart. it, right? Yeah, I, I love, what I love about that, um, well, there's two things I love about that. One is that we're all consumers, even when uh-huh. we're in business mode. And so as consumers, we love consuming video. And we all know that, all these advertisers are now moving like 63 or 73% of their budgets now to digital to to create original video or some some kind of video because video yep. works, right? Mm-hmm. So right. I, lo- I love that Microsoft is understanding that they're not this like cold-hearted company up in Redmond that for many years that was kind of the brand, mm-hmm. you know? It was enterprise, it was for the tech guys, but by using video, they're reaching out in a consumer-like way to a business audience, which I think is so, so smart. And then Mighty Media Studios, which is so interesting, is agencies can't really do content at the same level that, say, Hollywood can do content, right? And Hollywood doesn't do brand so well. So now you have this new sort of boutique mixture kind of company like Mighty Media, which is combining both brand savvy Mm -hmm. and and that agency model with production savvy and great storytelling right you got it there that that is absolutely the intersection and uh which is a a necessity i can say that word if i could say codify (laughs) then i can say (laughs) then i then i can say necessity as well mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and we love it and we love it when you do that's awesome um, <laughs> what about what they're doing with skype because microsoft bought skype and they're doing some really cool things with the skype storytelling too right yeah microsoft's been really cool um in that you know skype is obviously the world's uh largest telecommunications platform i think they have like six or seven hundred million skype users around the world like 300 million 400 million active monthly and so Skype's, you know, obviously super relevant. Um, the, the thing is that they, they envision Skype as being more than just a, 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 tele, a telephony solution. They see Skype as being a potential broadcast uh, opportunity. And that is, 
you know, taking conversations like this, for example, which are of these one-to-one, but could live in the context of several one-to-one conversations or 12-to-one or 100-to-one conversations. Um, you know, uh, Jimmy Kimmel's done that recently on, on his show. If you, if you see the Wall of America, they're using a different technology. But, um, you know, you, you have 10, 12 people, Faces of America, talking to a host of the that. show, and they're, they're participating, and they're part of that, they're, they're part of that content creation moment. Um, and it's something that'll never exist quite like that moment in time again. So it brings a real uniqueness to broadcast. Um, and then, of course, you can you know you can capture that. You can have it as VOD. You can stream it. You can chop it up and redistribute it and use it as promotional content. So there's lots of to me the extensibility and and the way that the, the inherent mobility of that experience that Skype conveys, uh, as well as like the real time interaction, I think is a really unique. Uh, you know, tool that uh, could be super useful for certain kinds of applications for uh, for video. Well, I, I saw one of the best things I saw recently, and I, I think it's been around for a while, and maybe you know the name of it. It's a Skype story. It's about these two young girls who both only had half an arm on one side, and they I, found I, each other through Skype. And and oh. then they, they the Skype story talks about how they found each other, hmm. how they met each other through Skype and talked for years and years, and then finally... They got to meet, and one was in Australia, and one was in the U.S. And it was like you're sitting there, like weeping, at your desk watching this video because basically these young girls didn't have anyone else, and so the moms were smart enough to dig into the online community and find another teenage girl who was growing up with a missing arm. And you're just sitting there weeping because it was the truth. They just cut this great video together that showed how Skype embedded into the lifestyles of these two girls enhanced their life and changed it and i'm sitting there i'm telling you you watch this and you will be changed and you'll see the power of skype Mm -hmm. and the power of great storytelling Mm -hmm. i mean it was a great spot because it leveraged video it leveraged the platform and it was just a great story so that that's the kind of stuff we're talking about right not not show and tell but engage and and emerge and codify <laughs> engage and immerse and codify yeah i love that it's, it's exhausting there. to do all those things at once well let's go let, let's go into our, our next se- uh, section eric because sure. you are a consultant and i know you're touching a lot of different things and a lot of working with a lot of different companies i'd like to go into our top trend segment next <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I didn't let the horses go. So you it's the production values of the show that I'm really, really <laughs> yeah, I know. Just, well, I learned from you to bring the, the to bring the production quality up. Too, too <laughs> well, you you're really out there. You have your hands. I mean, I hung out with Eric um, for like a couple of days, and I was just amazed at how many different things he had going on and the different people and conversations he was having. It was really fun. And so you're you've got a lot of different things going on and a lot of pieces of business bubbling up that are all really relevant in today's ecosystem how do you figure out what's real and what's not real like how do you keep up with everything what are you are you reading you know watching yeah absolutely so i mean fun is kind of the operative word i mean i i really it's a core value for me and i like to try to have fun so i i you know i tend to gravitate to things that i like uh number one so i I love media and i love i love storytelling i love music i love technology so the fact that all of those things are kind of coming together now in this moment which I really think is, a, is kind of a singular moment in time, at least in my experience, in my, in my professional history. I don't know that things have been as uh, quite as frenetic and quite as um, real time in this moment that, as they are right now. And so the idea of the world coming back to me or the market coming back to where I like to spend my time, is just really fortuitous, I think, uh, more than anything else. So 
Um, but I should, I should probably just say I'm being strategic. Um, <laughs> um, so, you know, but, but, but I have fun. So I read things like TechCrunch, for example. TechCrunch is a great place to keep up to speed on, on companies that are making noise and, and investors that are paying attention. Um, Ars Technica is a great tech blog. I read that every day. Um, I love, I love fast company, uh, for a little bit more in depth, uh, kind of, uh, incisive reporting. Um, you know, wired's always fun. Those are kind of fun, almost like business porn kind of reads that I like to read. Um, but I, you know, I also read. Uh Oh, Oh, he froze. Eric froze. I think he's saying that he listens to the um, Tech Trends uh, podcasts religiously. Um, we're going to dial Eric back up. You but um, as as we're doing that, um, one of the things that I learned uh, with, with hanging out with um, with Eric is uh, looking at looking at technology pa- platforms through a business lens, mm-hmm. right? So actually, at our iMedia show, he brought up the um, head of Microsoft Live Action Production, who is producing the show that he just talked about. And we were asking her a lot of questions about, okay, Microsoft's funded this now, so do you have just a great big pile of dough to play with? And she was very honest, and she said, you know, every month we have to prove the value of this show, and we have to show the audience numbers coming to it. And Eric brought up a great point that there's ROI associated with this content. So it's not just creating great video content because we all love it and we all know that the numbers are moving in that direction. Mm-hmm. But er, er, with any project that Eric has done, he's always bringing metrics to it and ROI and anything that makes, you know, business sense. Okay. Um, so th- that's the other part of this too, is it's not just doing cool artsy stuff, but there's real business to it. Oh, here he is. Mr. Eric, I was just, uh, you know, uh, stalling for time. <laughs> Uh, as I the, appreciate that. <laughs> so you were saying arts technia. You were saying um, uh, fast company. What about conferences? What do you like to go to that has really blown your mind away? Because a lot of um, the folks that listen are are trying to figure out how to navigate their careers. Are there any things that classes you've taken, conferences you've gone to that have really blown you away? Um, well, I mean, South by Southwest is pretty amazing. I'm, that's kind of more of a. I, I almost feel like that's almost like a, a requirement now. Uh, today to to be to be there and to be kind of abreast of what's going on it's become as much of a uh, a tech culture uh conference as as music and art uh it has it has in the past so i think that's a really that's a cool place to play i think uh, ces has gotten maybe a little long in the tooth in terms of just you know the, maybe needs to diversify itself a little bit more but i think ces is a cool place to come see what's happening and see what products are being announced and those are kind of the two you know tentpole events and then things like iMedia or um, IAB for example for the advertising and media space um, DMW is doing a lot of interesting things if you followed them they just did a gaming uh, day last Wednesday down in, in LA and oh. uh, I, I talked to some people that, that talked there that spoke there and that sounds like that was a pretty cool event D- digital media wire is that yeah, what, yeah. Media Wire, exactly. so, DMW, yeah. so they have a um like a newsletter and then they do a lot of events so you can find them on digital media wire and then yeah. um certainly in in los angeles there's digital la and digital hollywood shows up and all those are great for for networking i know a lot of people sure. put south by down because it's lost its sort of indie funky you know yeah. um coolness factor but the truth is to your point i always find it first of all Everyone I know goes, so it's this fun party for people you haven't seen in a while. And then you just share everything that you're up to, and then people do cool things there. And it's just one of those things where just walking along the street, you see cool stuff. 
you know, um, you just never, yeah, you never know what you're going to run into. And that's the neat part. Um, yeah, I would say my unfavorite part about South by is the humidity and what it does to my hair. <laughs> but I think that's not a business challenge. Um, <laughs> do you have, a, do you have a, do you have a picture of your hair from on, from Tuesday or it, Wednesday? It doesn't even fit on uh you know it doesn't even fit in an hd aspect ratio so uh we have to i think it's 6k we've got you in 6k so yeah. you'll be good that's right yeah. I, we shot some footage with with eric in a 6k camera i thought oh my god my pores have not shrunk enough <laughs> i'm gonna be in, in trouble but do you do you have a habit a business habit now though of getting up and reading all the things that you just mentioned like is that a strategic imperative to you that every day you read certain things yeah, and again, it's more—it was—it's an outcropping of my need for fun. So I—I I mean, I like to read, uh, and I—I I have a Kindle. I use Kindle, and I have literally all the blogs, and all the newspapers, and all the journals, and all the magazines on my Kindle. And I literally just sit in bed and drink my coffee for about an hour and a half every morning, and uh, <laughs> before I do anything else, uh, before my feet hit the floor. And it's—it's. Uh, it's, and it's and great. Uh, again, how old is your 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 child again? My daughter's seven, so she's usually sitting sitting right next to me, watching one of her favorite morning programs. Oh, um, so are you talking about like six thirty a.m. You're doing that because I like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, six thirty, seven between six thirty and seven thirty, typically in the morning. That's what I'm up to. You know what? I'm going to start doing that because my daughter also likes to watch a little morning TV at that time, and I'm usually trying to get her to go back to sleep. Mm. But perhaps I should, you know, change that. So that's a, a you know a habit of an effective person is getting that reading in the beginning so that you can bring that into your meetings and bring that into your conversations with your clients. And so, cause you have to, as a consultant, you know, you're talking to Microsoft folks and brands. And so you have to kind of know what's going on before they do. Right. Yeah. Um, staying on, staying abreast of what's going on, staying ahead of the curve. Um, the one thing I've learned this, this, this period here in my consulting uh, time here has been how, how much I really don't know. And, and it just, you just have to keep working at, uh, at staying on top of things. But again, if you've already, if you already got the passion for, for the content and you're already kind of in that headspace, um, it's, it's not as hard as it sounds. So. And putting it all together. I think also putting all the, the pieces together is, is really important. So um, in terms of, um, you know, doing um keeping all of this information do you as a consultant do a lot of writing as well like are you publishing constantly that's one thing we didn't talk um, about but i know a lot of like myself doing this show or do you do a lot of uh you know external publishing i you know it's funny i don't do a lot of writing um for external i have i have these um i'll have one right here these moleskins with, <laughs> with note taking Oh, we lost. Um, we, oh, there, which back. Styles, right? I, and, and I've got a stack of them, you know, like 20 of them from years past. And I literally everything I do and see and experience is in this book. And I just um, I'm constantly updating it and retelling stories through this book. And it becomes kind of almost like a, a walking around Bible. You know, it's the kind of thing I just I bring everywhere and and, and uh, it sort of lives with me. I love that. And you're so you're up in Seattle because you were at Microsoft for a really long time. So are you. You know, is there a community of Microsofters and ex-Microsofters up there in Seattle? Like, are you all sort of a close-knit family now? I know Mighty Media is a lot of companies that did work for Microsoft, but, you know, yeah. Redmond is such a Microsoft world. Is it kind of like that's the town? 
It is. It is. But it, but it would be unfair to, to the Seattle metropolitan region, which I, you know, over nine years have become extremely fond of and, and actually a big fan of um, to, to, to say that it's just Microsoft. I mean, I, one of the things that's kind of astounding about Seattle, I'll do my little Seattle plug for you for a second. <laughs> um, it's the fastest growing city Seattle. in America now. Um, it's the fa- it is. It's the fastest growing city. Fastest growing city in America. There's more direct investment here in tech than uh, than it rivals Silicon Valley. It's not. A, it doesn't doesn't exceed Silicon Valley. There's a lot of money up here. Wow. There's also uh, on a per capita basis. I think we're second only to the research triangle, um, in the number of PhDs per capita. No kidding. And where is that because of the Microsoft history? Like, why is that there? What's going on there? Is it pharma? Is it tech? Is it you know, why, why no, is that? We lost him again. We lost him again. <laughs> Just in, when I was asking a really important, significant question that will impact the rest of our life. Well, look, when you're dealing with technology and signals, and it is raining in Los Angeles, yeah. and people will laugh at and me. And doesn't it rain all the time in Seattle? It does rain all Maybe he's, <laughs> you, you know, maybe the rain, there he brought again. the rain. Here we he is. Um, probably, I don't know if that's mine or that's probably my Wi-Fi. I have to apologize for that. No, no, no worries. No worries. Look, uh, if the Time Warners and the Comcast would um, <laughs> stop throttling, yeah. we, we'd be in better, we are right. <laughs> we'd be in better uh, shape. But I was just asking you, like, why has that happened in Seattle? Like, what about Seattle has created that investment hub? It's interesting. Uh, it's, a, it's a real it's a great question because, I, you know, I can't put my finger on it. You know, it's a, it's an income tax free state. Oh. Uh, Washington is. So there's no personal income tax here. So I think that's part of it. Um, and I think the, the legacy of companies like Microsoft uh, and, and the tradition of of uh, of risk taking and innovation um, and and really some of the you know, some of the early Seattle, it's really a pioneer town. Um, that's what I actually kind of love about it. It's got it's almost like a sister city to San Francisco and Portland, and then to our to the north Vancouver. In the sense that this is really the gold rush that built this place, and the, and the people that came here were, were pioneers, pioneering spirit. Up, oh, he went out again. Hear it? Oh, there you um, go. Um, we can hear you hear you. me? Yeah, we yes, hear you. Fine. So really, a pioneering spirit and a, and a, and a, an enterprise uh, enterprising spirit. That I think is really core to the region and um, something I, I just love. I, I that's it's something I really identify with, and I, it's a, it's a place where I can find no shortage of new things to wrap my head around and, and be challenged by. So it's it's kind of like how uh, parts of Los Angeles are right now with Silicon Beach or what's happening in Culver City or Playa, where you just have the aggregation of investment and mm-hmm. tech, which I think is happening in all the major cities in the U.S. But it's interesting to to talk about Seattle, and um, I was going to say um, in terms of Microsoft and this new CEO, have you seen a shift in um, culture and perspective and the type of people being um, drawn to Microsoft now because of, of the new leadership? Um, I can say I've definitely seen and sensed a shift in culture and in perspective. Um, it feels like Microsoft's no longer the, um, you know, no longer the, 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 the redheaded stepchild in the conversation with, with other large companies. It's really more, um, you know, they're, they're almost seen as an underdog and I get the sense people are rooting for them and, and there are people who are attracted to them because uh, of the way they've shifted uh, the conversation. And I feel like, I think it bodes well for Microsoft's future. I think they are going to attract a lot of them. They already have a lot of amazing talent. It's really putting that talent to work on the right things and, and then continuing to grow this culture of innovation and openness that I think will attract even more 
uh, more talent. talent. Yeah, yeah, I feel like they still have a PR issue that they're probably slowly going to work on, um, you know, um, which Apple has the opposite problem, right? Like too much PR, mm. which can go positive or negative right now. But Microsoft could certainly use an influx of, of what, what good is happening there. Because I know a, a few folks that have gone to sort of the technology lab there, and they're doing all sorts of really cool innovative stuff under closed doors you know behind closed doors under mm -hmm. under a, a, a sheet but behind closed <laughs> i don't know but uh, you know what i mean yeah. they're doing yeah, really no, cool things and really edgy things undercover. and really undercover that's yeah, it so. uh, and things that are helping going to help the world but people don't realize that's who microsoft mm -hmm. is and certainly mm -hmm. we all love xbox uh, could we just take a moment to talk a little bit about what you did at xbox because that's when i met you and you had a really cool job um you know there T tell us a little bit about your, your Xbox experience. Yeah, I mean, Xbox obviously is a gaming platform kind of built of, for, and by gamers. Um, and several years ago, they came up with this killer app, which was Xbox Live, <laughs> which enabled uh, people to get online and play games against each other. So on headsets and all that, and you could be playing games against multiple people all around, all around the world. So that was really the first real killer app for Xbox Live. But they soon realized that they could um, they could bring entertainment in, uh, into the picture as well, and so they started working through uh, Blair Westlake's organization and other biz dev folks that were there at the time to bring um, third parties in, you know, like ESPN and uh, and Netflix and and Crackle and others. And over the course of time, it put you know hundreds of entertainment apps together on the platform, and mm -hmm. they were really the first game console to do that, yeah, uh, to to really do that and. So what that did, obviously, is it created this notion of, hey, well, we've got all this great real estate, we've got all this space, you know, brands want to play here, maybe we should, you know, think about Xbox advertising. And so the Xbox advertising team was born, I want to say in about 2007, 2008, and um, I had some folks from my team in MSN who went over there to kind of seed that, and then I left to go over there myself after that and became part of the team that built some of the early branded integration uh, vehicles, so doing um, really custom content and custom, what we call microsites, um, where brands could come in and, and have interactive 3D, almost game-like experiences in the Xbox environment. And we'd lay in video, and we'd lay, lay in mini games, and we'd lay in other custom elements. And it was really the first time that brands had started to, to really sort of play uh, in that way on, on that interactive uh, uh, platform. And it became a super interesting, super compelling story in a short period of time. Um, and then I started working with uh, with other third parties to to license and bring in, <clears throat> excuse me, like you know streaming streaming concerts. We did a, a bunch of shows with uh, Bud Light and and Virgin Mobile and um, uh, Guitar Magazine and others, where we were bringing live music and live entertainment and award shows and other kinds of programming into to Xbox and creating you know lower chirons that that could allow for polling. Um, and, uh, and, and audience interaction. Um, and that was some of the, some of the most fun I ever had as a professional was, was really kind of trying to think through how audiences would respond to and really, uh, get excited by the ability to interact with and, and be part of, uh, the broadcast, uh, programming. And so I never really lost that bug. I'm still, that, that's still a thing that eats away at me. And, and, uh, <laughs> It's like, how do, how do I do that? And, and now you've got this, this plethora of ways to do that through social. You know, I look at Snapchat now. I right, mean, I, right. Snapchat's fascinating. What's great. That's my, that's my key learning for the week is Snapchat. I really got a, an immersion uh, education in Snapchat this week and talked to some of the folks out at Narrative there in L.A. that are working on 
really evolving this influencer MCN channel model for Snapchat. And I think that is going to be the yeah, thing. Influencer um, marketing in general is, huge. is a huge, huge area. And that, that basically speaks to this idea of taking all these folks who are Uber, um, who have Uber audiences following them, like regular people who are influencers who are at a cluster or a node almost, and right. you, you tap them and then they become your word of mouth out to the world, but they're doing it on Vine and Instagram and Snapchat. Mm -hmm. And so as a marketer or an entertainment company, you go to them and seed your content with them because they like it. Mm -hmm. It's all very transparent. And then they'll be your sort of, you know, buzz out to the world, mm -hmm. um, which really codifies <laughs> the metaphor <laughs> that... <laughs> keep finding that button <laughs> that's right yeah. john's very good on the button so you, <laughs> awesome. you, you but you, you know it really it, do, it does sort of let you know that the world that we're living in is sort of like a, um, a synapse right mm -hmm. like it's a brain cluster and we're all at different nodes and we're all sending information out to each other why and do you think snapchat is so important though I, you know I, I mean eric you could probably speak to your opinion i mean i think it it because of the temporariness of some of the content i mm -hmm. think it caught fire with the millennials okay. allowing them to express themselves and pass it on sort of short form nugget content and now they've created a publisher arm with their discovery area so that all these different um, publishers with premium content can now chop it up and present it in that same format for that audience so i think that part is, is it similar to vine it's different. Okay. Um, it's it's not. Um, it's a. It has. It does have loops, but it it comes and goes, right? Uh -huh. um, Eric, what's your opinion? Well, I mean, you you touched on one of the things which I think is kind of cool, and that you know the the snap the chats only last for twenty four hours at a time and they disappear. Um, so that's interesting. The other thing that's interesting is I kind of e equated it to a flip book, you know, where you're getting, you know, one frame or like one of those, one of those movies where they're time lapse, you're taking one frame every 30 seconds or every 60 seconds. And that becomes a chronology, a linear story of something or someone's yeah. day or someone's week. People are playing around, uh, okay. around with it. Well, that's, do you want to yeah. tell everyone what narrative is about? Is that the button that you wear and it snaps a picture? Is that what that? No, no, no. no. So narrative, um, I, Narrative's just a, a group of folks that I met over the over the course of the last few days while I was down in LA, and what they're doing is they're they're they've created an analytics package for uh, Snapchat. Okay, okay. There and, is and there is a thing you can wear that does take a picture every thirty seconds. I forget the name of it. I feel like yeah, it's, I don't know. I don't know what that is. That's interesting. I'll have to check that out. I think, um, I think it's a plugin for Snapchat. No, no, it's it's a little box you wear, and I feel like it's called narrative or narration or something like that, and it takes a picture every thirty seconds. So I thought you met with them. Because people were walking around with those little boxes uh, at CES, but oh, but regardless, nice. so you met with the folks at Narrative, and they they're putting together insights around influencer marketing. Is that what? Yeah, you're I saying? mean, yeah, they're able to go in and, and pull. You know, um, they, you know, they have a, an engine that'll be able to go in and pull chats. Uh, you know, into a, an offline archive, um, and and they work with the uh, the influencers. You know, to, to ensure that they have access through their logins to get that, and and then they take that that data and. Um, uh, and they and they parse it and they look for trends and uh, and are able to then turn that into insights that that advertisers and sponsors would be interested in knowing you know um, you know the amount of time people are spending you know reading certain threads or certain topics and being able to sort of be more programmatic about how about content and and content channels and uh, so cool. I think I think they're onto something I mean they they really captured my imagination and now I'm like I've just been reading and ingesting everything I can about Snapchat and monkeying around on Snapchat and looking for for handles and stuff and it's it's a pretty I think it's going to be 
probably the coolest thing going for the next 12, 18, 24 yeah. months. I love that. I love those, um, the discovery area with the, with the publishers, but did you find so cool. information on our, Oh yeah. Well, I looked it up for you. A narrative clip too is what it's called. Oh yeah. Narrative clip. So it's this little box and it yeah. takes pictures That's... every 30 seconds and then you could see your whole day. And I think it re writes over itself too every day or something. So you don't have to, you're not going to have like all these pictures of your life stored forever or something like right. that. But, but, that, but that's very interesting. But also mm. on the influencer marketing piece, we heard from a company called um, Social Native. Do you remember that presentation? Yeah, and absolutely. So, yeah, and Social Native is really interesting because they've gone to creative agencies who typically aren't managing platforms. Mm -hmm. You know, they're only coming up with the ideas. And they've said to them, come up with a great piece of content and we'll help get it out to those influencers. So yep. they're so they're giving tools to creative agencies to leverage influencer marketing on a dashboard on a piece of technology which will allow them to upload their brief and send it out to influencers and then they'll create images and then they'll get it out and so now you're so actually cool. asking the audience to participate in creating the advertorials mm -hmm. right so That's so th these are really ever. yeah isn't it there's so many interesting yeah. new new models because of all of this madness. So let's go on to our, our almost last segment, which is the top trend segment. <laughs> That's a little high energy pitch there. Yeah. Um, and this is um, just, you know, what do you think is one of the top trends happening right now? And we've obviously hit on many of them, but Snapchat is definitely one of them. Mm -hmm. Influencer marketing. Is there anything else out there that is, is really turning you on and, and preoccupying you to the point of sleeplessness? <laughs> um, yeah, actually, this is being uh, dramatic, but there, actually, yeah, there is, uh, and, and it's something we talked about this week earlier too, and that's and that's VR, um, virtual reality. So, that's right, right. It's the thing we have that hasn't come up yet, but I, and I know everyone talks about it, and, and I hear it, and it's it's one of those things I'm almost I've almost gotten tired of hearing about VR, but that's because I haven't really experienced it the way I want to experience it yet. Mm -hmm. um, but that all changed for me yesterday. Uh, I was on the Fox lot down in LA and Century City, and I was able to. Um, have the good fortune to be part of a tour that um ted ted shillowitz ted shillowitz and, right. and the vr lab down there and ted made it uh made it a point of of getting us in there to see uh some of the stuff that they're working on with content and yeah, virtual really reality cool. and it was mind-bending um yeah so good and it's exactly the kind of stuff i've been praying it's kind of the promise of technology fulfilled right because i don't especially yeah, the storytellers you know. Yeah, with, with people that can tell stories and celebrities that can be part of those stories and, and experiences that you actually really, really, really want to be a part of um, that were just, I mean, jaw-droppingly good. Um, and, and I just didn't oh. want to leave. I, I, I could have <laughs> stayed there. I, I mean, literally, it's the first time I've ever had an experience where I'm looking at stuff and I know it's virtual reality. I know it's all, it's all computerized. It's all computer-generated imagery and it's not real. But it felt so real and it felt so immersive and it felt great. And I just um, I couldn't I, I can't say enough about the work they're doing and, and the vision that they're showing, frankly. Um, one of my partners is the way I got into this thing was one of my partners is um, is creating content for one of Ted's uh, ventures right now. It's called um, Barco Escape and Barco Escape is a 4K. It's all, you know virtual reality uh, 4K, uh, 270 degree cinema technology so so, the, so it wraps around you correct Is yeah it, basically yeah. think about three screens coming all the way in through your peripheral vision so it feels like surround uh shot with 4k resolution and all everything's synced and um just cool. this absolutely immersive visual experience 
Um, and so we're shooting things from, uh, from uh, extreme skiing to uh, uh, we'll be out at the U.S. Open at Chambers Bay here in another month. And, and Fox, Fox Digital, Fox Sports are actually going to be using some of this, uh, this technology on a, uh, uh, almost like a test basis to kind of test uh, for live events and some things that for can the future. be done. Right. So it's a wearable so, or is it? No, no, a... it's, it's actual screens. Okay. It's screens. It's a lot. It'll be live theater event. I just actually literally came from a meeting about the very same thing. Um, and the stuff that's happening in virtual reality right now, some of it is tethered to the headsets that need that high processing power. Mm -hmm. Some of it is just on your phone where you put your phone into a cardboard, a Google cardboard mm -hmm. and could look at it there. But all this immersion is really the big trend like now, right now, like taking a person and putting them physically into a different environment, right. whether it's through augmented reality or virtual reality or taking them physically to a space where the screens submerge them without glasses or goggles. Sure. So that sure. is, you know, everyone is looking at that. And it, it, I think to your point, um, it will bring back live. I mean, live experiences, getting everyone to gather in mm -hmm. an environment and experience these things together, as well as playing virtually like in an Xbox environment mm -hmm. or all getting onto their Samsung headsets and engaging in a game. Um, yeah, I mean, I saw I saw a deal with um, a, a partner here out of Bellevue that was working on live concerts in in virtual reality and three D, and so literally had a, a clip of uh, of a stage where uh, where Paul McCartney's singing. Right, that's Jaunt. Yeah, Jaunt did and, that. Um, yeah, and you're standing on stage with him, and you're looking around at the floor, and then you look so over cool. at the bass player, and you check the whole thing. I mean, it's it's insane how great it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I loved that too because you could actually see how actually old Paul McCartney is. <laughs> I'm just you can't see it from the you can't see it from 100 feet away uh, in the crowd though that guy gets younger as the yeah night it's goes true on. it's, pretty, it's, it's crazy. true well and the other thing that came up for in our conversations was that a lot of what what's so early Hollywood about a lot of this is that you're seeing these tech companies become content companies mm -hmm. just because they're the engineers who have invented the tech who are being forced to become content creators so Jaunt literally started as a tech company and just opened a content company because they're uh -huh. making VR sewing tools and shooting tools. And because everyone's coming to them because yeah. um, no one knows how to do this stuff. Would they like partner with like Live Nation well, or something like they're that? Well, they're hiring Hollywood content yeah, experts and opening up their own studio yeah. because in the end, a lot of these tech companies are just engineers. Mm -hmm. And you have all these entertainment people coming in to say, how do I do this? I want to exactly. play in your space, but I don't right. have the skill set. And so it's a very interesting time. Like my partner always says, it's like early Hollywood with the motion pictures camera, mm -hmm. you know, where everyone's trying to figure out how to use it. So besides virtual reality, is there anything else that's, um, you know, stirring your pot right now? <laughs> <laughs> um, a, a return to storytelling. Um, I don't oh, know okay. that it's necessarily a technology. Um, I like that. You know, centric uh, notion, but this, this idea that story matters and this idea that, um, this notion of, of, of really operating out of your sense of your brand values and your core values to be able to, to really translate those things uh, in authentic ways and the truth that, that kind of that emanates from that effort when it's done right. Um, I feel like there's that, that authenticity and that one true thing um, that you know, I, I'm a big Hemingway buff and I, and you know, he used to always write about, you know, just write that one true thing. And I feel like that's really what, people are so hungry for in, in this world where, you know, you're going, you're, you're, you're using this and you're looking at literally dozens or hundreds of things a day. 
what's the thing that's going to stick with me? What's the thing that's going to resonate? It's going to be that one true nugget that I can, that I can really connect to. And so I feel like storytelling and content is going to be the thing that separates experiences um, because technology at the end of the day is really designed to help enable and connect and do some of the heavy lifting, but it can't substitute for the story. And I know that's maybe a cliche and, that, and people say that, you know, at conferences and things, but I, re- I really believe in it. And I'm, you know, in my heart of hearts, I'm a writer and I, I really see the poetry of the, of the business as being something that has to, has to stay true. Um, and that's kind of where, where I, where I come down on that. So. Oh, I like that. That's a great point. Well, just, just to wrap, wrap it up and tie it up to our last segment, um, which is our closing segment. Nice. You just have a door slamming <laughs> <laughs> or a mic dropping. It's all there, technical. We we try sounds. we try new sounds every week. Um, John is a very active engineer. Um, <laughs> anything that you um, you want us to be looking out for that you're doing, either with Mighty Media or with some of your other projects, because you have so many interesting things going on. Anything that people can look out for? The um, the notion this week at iMedia that I thought was interesting because. You know, iMedia is primarily a bunch of media folks, you know, media buyers, media agencies sitting around and uh, talking about things. But one of the things that hit me was the tagline for this week's conference, which was the dynamic agency model. And I really I'm sticking with this for a second because it's something I've been exploring in my my playtime, my fun time that is work. Um, <laughs> this idea of how do you create these networks of like minded people who all bring complementary skill sets together who can rally around projects and really fulfill the promise of an agency uh, in a way that that is that's different. It's not linear. That's more organic. Um, and so I, I've been experimenting with that kind of informally, just through through my business relationships and and really you know through conversations and plugging people that I know and trust and who are super talented into into projects. Um, but I really feel like that model particularly given the the bunch of forcing functions, given how how quickly things are moving in the video uh, storytelling space and in the, in the branded experience and innovations uh, space um, with the kind of pressure that puts on creatives, the kind of pressure that puts on media folks uh, and, and the way that those conversations and that timing has to be collapsed is going to force innovation of sorts where where brand and creative and execution and distribution and measurement and then re- and then the, the repurposing of that information to be able to, to do it over and over again, like the, the cycles are going to be compressed uh, extremely uh, tight, I mm-hmm. think, in, in, coming, in coming years, like in the next years, that might be the most radical thing that changes in terms of how content is, is really conjured and developed. And I think you're going to see technology play a role in that. Um, I think that it's just a matter of time before you can get more customizable kinds of programmatic content targeted at, you know, at, at very specific audiences and experiences. And then the way that that content, you know, in, in 1080p, 90 frame per second kind of resolution starts to live across devices, starts to live across experiences and, and, and really just will astound people in terms of its, uh, the quality and the craftsmanship of what that, of what that content's going to look like. And all of those things are happening right now. Um, And I feel like the dynamic agency model, that's just, I think that whoever thought of that 
they, they should they should put a they, they should definitely trademark it because dynamic agency is what this is all about. Let's do about that all. right now. Let's call yeah. dibs on it. Well, I got to tell you, that was a pretty uh, sexy uh, statement there you made. <laughs> what a great way to sum up everything that's happening in a really exciting way. But um, you know, I, I know when we were talking about it, I, I got really excited because that is sort of a modern way to move through working in our media technology entertainment space is to pull together you know different people with different skill sets per project mm -hmm. um and and to be really nimble you know while you're doing it which is a focus on yeah. stories which is all about story tech yeah hey <laughs> it comes yeah. back to my comes company back to your company that's yeah. fantastic exactly, exactly. <laughs> it, 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 it's all codified well you can find eric at um where where can we find you online eric at linkedin and where else at what's your you find what's me your... at linkedin eric thompson you can also find me at eric e-r-i-c at team b2a.com t-e-a-m b the number two a.com um happy to to talk more to anybody that wants to chat we're always uh, we're always looking for great I people i call eric great at all times of the day and night just to chat <laughs> <laughs> on snapchat on on, on, on everywhere and yeah. what what about i am Twitter? i am on snapchat i'm eric tay one e-r-i-c-t-a-y one all right mm -hmm. nice are nice. you on periscope or meerkat or any of those um, I am not actually no. on Periscope. I should be. That's a good idea. Let's para that. let's we'll Periscope. We'll watch you. Periscope Everybody's yourself. getting into that on yeah. Twitter. They're just going we'll nuts it, we'll with that interactivity. Right well, I think it's a great publisher outlet. Yeah, but really other than is. that, I don't need to see you walking into the grocery store. I just <laughs> no, I love you, but I don't need to see that. You know, send me a picture. Fine. Instagram it. Put nice filters on it. But I don't need to see a live stream of you doing your shopping because what it does is remind me of the food shopping I have not done. Because I think we have one frozen chicken nugget left in my house. Oh. And so Swiss chard. Swiss chard, Lori. That's where we're going. That's right. We're getting Swiss chard. Well, Eric Thompson, I can't thank you enough for really yeah. codifying everything. <laughs> Woo! Got a double there. Yeah, you double, 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 double. So we'll be hopefully bring Eric back to talk more about all the great things he's doing. Woo! There you hey, go. hey, oh. get off the stage, lady. <laughs> You can write him, all right? He's not live, okay? Get off the stage. There Get off go. the stage. Back off. When, when, I tell you, we have aggressive broads in the audience for our show whenever there's someone smart talking. Well, Eric Thompson, thank you so much for joining us here on the Tech Trend, Trend, Tech Cat, Tech Trend show, Tech Something, yeah. here on this rainy, rainy Friday in Los Angeles, coming to you live from Seattle. Eric Thompson, ladies and gentlemen, let's have a big Tech Trend hand. And see you in a couple of weeks, everybody. Now that you found UBN Radio and discovered our quality talk shows, it's time to spread the word to friends, family, and the universe. 24 hours of music and talk. Radio without limits. That's why people keep coming back for more. That's UBNRadio.com.